Habits and Health, Episode 89. Welcome to the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. Brought to you by an educator and coach for anyone who wants to create a healthier life. Here's your host, Tony Wingyard. Welcome to another edition of Habits and Health. My guest today, Lindsay Byrne, who is a functional medicine certified health coach and a certified Recode 2.0 health coach, which means that she specializes in helping people reverse the symptoms of Alzheimer's. And typically she's working with couples where one of the partners is noticing some sort of cognitive decline and she helps people get their partner back on track, reversing the symptoms without going down the road of pharmaceuticals. So we're gonna find out a little more about how she does that, the natural approach, approaches that she takes and a lot more. So that's today's episode with Lindsay Byrne. And if you know anyone with any sort of cognitive decline, Alzheimer's and various other conditions, this may be a good episode to share with them. Hope you enjoy this week's show. Habits and Health, my guest today, Lindsay Byrne. How are you, Lindsay? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. It's been a bit of a hectic day, and uh, but yeah, I'm here and, <laughs> and, we're, and we're chatting. And we're, we're in the UK today because many of my recent guests have been in the US, but you're a lot closer. So are you? I'm in Coventry, right in the centre of England. Funny enough, I was in Coventry last Sunday. Oh, you should have let me know. <laughs> I didn't realise. Okay, there you go. Because I go to Lemons and Spa every couple of weeks because that's where my daughter oh, lives. So, uh, I knew that. I knew yeah. that. We should catch uh, up. <laughs> yeah, one day we will. So we both were on a functional medicine health coach course a couple of years ago. Yeah. But you specialize in Alzheimer's and some related conditions. So do you want to tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I loved the functional medicine coaching academy course. That was really good. And I don't know why I did it, but at the same time, I took the Apollo course to be a Recode 2.0 health coach, which is an Alzheimer's specialism where we help people to reverse the symptoms of Alzheimer's. Now, obviously, that depends how far they are. <laughs> Much easier if you catch it early, but improvements are possible from any stage. I imagine everyone listening has heard of Alzheimer's, but not everyone mm. would necessarily really understand it. So maybe do you explain, give it a definition or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Alzheimer's is the most common form of dementia. So not all dementias are Alzheimer's, but it is the most common. 80% of dementias are Alzheimer's. It presents in lots of different ways. And something I like to say about Alzheimer's is from a functional medicine point of view, I don't think that's really a diagnosis. Alzheimer's caused by what? <laughs> Mm. So you know, Tony, that in functional medicine, we, we try to chase it back to the root causes. Mm. And there are so many different root causes. Right. And perhaps that's why there are so many presentations of it as well. Mm. So your listeners will probably know or know of some people who've lived with dementias and Alzheimer's. Um, and they might have just been a bit forgetful. They might have got very confused later into the process. Some can get really upset and maybe violent, but not all do. So it really is quite a broad-ranging disease. So would it be fair to say there is no, you couldn't really say it's X that causes Alzheimer's because there's there could be a thousand Xs? There are myriad reasons. Right. So some of the testing that people do, people take blood tests and DNA tests to identify their root causes, just as you would do in any functional medicine 
practice. Mm. And typical, if I chunk them up, there are uh, about 150 different tests that your blood goes through. But if I chunk them into big chunky causes, could be any form of hormone imbalance. It can be toxins. It can be insulin resistance. It can be nutritional deficiencies. Now that might be that you're not eating well, or it may be that you have genetic SNPs that mean you don't process certain nutrients very well. Of course, we all know about traumatic head injuries or uh, sporting accidents or uh, sporting injuries. And there's a lot in the press and news at the moment about footballers, for example. And so traumatic injury can be another cause. And of course, vascular dementia as well. So those are the big chunky causes, I'd say. And it's actually when you just talked about the sports injuries, I was listening to a podcast a couple of months ago, and I forget the exact figures now, but they were talking about American football. And obviously, there's a lot of contact, very heavy contact. Mm. And there's three levels. There's the professionals, which I, mm. I believe is the NFL. I don't know much about that sport That's right. at all. And then underneath that, there's the college university level. I don't know what they call it. And then there's the kind of high school level, I suppose. You oh, could... is that Little League or is that bigger than... Whatever. Mm-hmm. I think Little League's yeah. baseball, but regardless. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so in a professional level, it was, I think they said it was 98, 99% of them had early signs of dementia. Wow. In the level underneath, which is the university college level where they're what I presume early 20s or something, mm-hmm. there it was plus 80%. And even in the sc- school level, it was way over, was it like 50 or 60% or something crazy at kids' level? And you think, how? That is just, that is absolute madness. I wasn't aware of those statistics, so that's shocked. And I could be wrong on some of those figures, but it was something along those lines. You know? No, but on the other hand, it doesn't really surprise me because the root causes that I was talking about, they can start 30 years or more before you notice any symptoms. Mm. And they, uh, yeah, and let me back, they did say, they weren't saying these people had dementia, they were early symptoms. Sure, there's no reason, I think, why with those people then, if they really look after themselves Mm. and perhaps do the prevention protocol, shouldn't escape that. The body is so resilient and the brain is so resilient. Our body looks to heal itself, Mm. give them the right tools and nutrients, I guess, <laughs> and sleep and all those other good things. <laughs> so what was it about or what is it about dementia, Alzheimer's that made you want to go into that a bit deeper? I didn't know anything about any of this until my mum, in fact, a long time after my mum started looking like her memory was declining. So many years before this, I noticed my mum's memory was getting worse. And of course, you Google it. And the first thing, like an NHS website, an Alzheimer's Society website, and the first things they say are there's no cure. Mm. And sadly, I gave up there. If you scroll down, both on the NHS website, on Alzheimer's Society website, on Alzheimer's Research UK, if you scroll down far enough, they do talk about modifiable lifestyle factors that can help you prevent. And they even quote statistics like... 12 modifiable lifestyle factors that can prevent 40% of dementias. So that's just very simple things Mm. without the blood testing, without really knowing what the root causes are. I wish I'd scrolled down. But anyway, some years later, and my mum was getting a little bit worse, 
and it was quite noticeable, I would say. And I just happened to meet somebody online, actually, who was on a diet forum, and he was didn't need to lose any weight. He was on this forum to reverse his symptoms of Alzheimer's. As soon as he said that, big red flag, I was like, what? <laughs> Tell me all about this. We talked to each other offline, still online, but outside of the forum. And his story just moved me so much. He had noticed some decline in his memory in his mid-30s. By his mid-40s, he'd had to give up his job. He was a management consultant and he couldn't hide it anymore. When I met him, he was in his mid-50s, maybe a little bit older. But within the previous three years, he'd pretty much reversed his symptoms. Now, I talked to him for about an hour and he seemed fine to me. And in that hour, he'd refer back to things that I'd said at the beginning of the conversation. Anyway, he shared with me what he'd been doing and he sent me some links to research articles and clinical trials and some links to videos to watch and some books to read. And I just I just watched the videos all weekend and searched for more and watched everything I could get my hands on until the books turned up and then I read the books cover to cover and I got my mum on the protocol as fast as I could. <laughs> and so, as you said, the common line or the standard line is it's not reversible. But mm. there are, I have no idea of the numbers, but as far as I'm aware, there's a lot of people that have reversed it. Do you, yes. do you know anything about the numbers? or? Oh, that's a really good question. The particular protocol that I use and I follow, some quite old stuff that he's talked about, he's talked about 200 people. Um, that That's quite an old stat, though. Do you know, I now feel like I need to find out how many to date. And, that, and that's just In, from one doctor we're talking about. This is Yeah, not, that's just, yeah. There's that's many the others, that, yeah. Exactly, who yeah. started this protocol. He was an Alzheimer's researcher for many years mm. before he discovered some of the causes and then started a protocol for people. So he's just built and built. Mm. But he also trains doctors, and there are over 2,000 doctors worldwide trained in his protocol. Right. So there must be many more. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. And so, what? So, people listening to this, if mm. they're are concerned that maybe they are showing symptoms or a family member is, mm. what would be some of the early steps to take? Oh, I would beg them to do something as quickly as possible. I think it's really hard for people because there is this stigma around it. People think there is, it is true, there is no cure, <laughs> but you can prevent and you can reverse the symptoms. If you come off the protocol, you will decline. I have personal experience of this with my mum but you can then improve again once you're back on the protocol I would say please do something straight away it's a really difficult conversation I appreciate that it was really hard for me to bring this up with my mum and she's in denial about the whole thing mm. outwardly inwardly I believe she knows because she's on the protocol and she takes supplements and she's never been one for taking pills there's no way she would be going along with this <laughs> As long as she has been, if she hadn't been noticing the improvements herself. And it was a tough conversation to bring that up. I had to take her to the GP to be diagnosed, to even start the conversation because she was in denial even about her memory being a little bit dodgy. You know, we'd put it as gently as we could. And after we visited the doctor, she said, no, no, I haven't got Alzheimer's. That's, that's ridiculous. But... <laughs> As I say, she's gone on with it. So I would beg people to do something as early as possible. And however hard that conversation is, it's a lot easier 
than facing what happens later on down the road if you don't have that conversation. But when you say do something, so apart from the conversation, what would they do? So I would recommend that they look at the Bredesen Protocol. You can just Google the Bredesen Protocol. There's a book by Dr. Bredesen called The End of Alzheimer's. I would say get the one that is the End of Alzheimer's program. There are two books that look very similar. (laughs) The End of Alzheimer's is really medical and quite hard to read. And that's the one I read (laughs) before I got my mum on the protocol. But then he's come out with a new one written with some health coaches and some people who've been through the protocol. Mm -hmm. And it's a much more practical guide. So the End of Alzheimer's program, that would be a first step. Um, there's lots of videos as well. I'm sure you'll be able to share some links to mm-hmm. videos and yeah. things at the end. So there's videos of him talking about a recent trial where he'd got, it's a very small proof of concept trial, took 25 people through the protocol and 22 improved, one stayed the same and two declined. But their decline is less than the natural sort of average decline. Not if bad. someone was concerned and they went to see their GP about it, what would be the generic advice they might get from the GP? Yeah, this is what I did with my mom just to get the diagnosis, to be able to have the conversation with her. And the GP that I took her to was the practice specialist in dementia. It was quite a depressing conversation. He recommended a book for me that was about how to talk to and maintain relations with people living with dementia which is a helpful book by the way and he offered some drugs and he did say his mum was on the same drug and very briefly she seemed a bit brighter he was really not selling the drug and my mum refused it point blank and I think she would have even if it wasn't about Alzheimer's the drug's don't make enough of a difference and they have some really quite nasty side effects so it's a tough decision to go down that road and fair play to anyone it's the person living with Alzheimer's decision so if they want to go down the pharmaceutical road it's personal choice but it really wasn't for me or my mum. So you mentioned about the protocol so does the protocol need to be done with someone guiding them is it something they can just do by reading a book How, how does that work? I do have a contact who's done it entirely on his own. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In fact, I have two. The guy I told you about who'd done Mm -hmm. it, he'd done it on his own purely through diet, which I'm really impressed with. I'm guessing some of his causes might have been insulin resistance Mm -hmm. um, if he mainly did it through diet, because usually there's a lot more causes. It's, It's very rarely like one thing. There's a range of things. But I do have another contact who, he's much younger again. He's in his 40s. And he really knew that there was something not right. Um, He's been to the doctors and he's really pushed it and managed to get all manner of tests. Sadly, a lot of the tests are quite blunt. You might be familiar or your listeners might be familiar with the MOCA test. It's the test that doctors do where you have to draw a clock face. So you have to be quite a long way down the road to fail that or to to even show up on the scoring. So people typically who know there's something wrong, but it's early stages, find that they pass that test. So anyway, he did the research all on his own and he found the protocol on his own and he found that book on his own and he did the diet and some brain training that he's recommended. Actually, I think I might have recommended the brain training to him, a particular one that's got very good results. And he's had massive improvement. So 
Typically, when I work with a client, we'll do a cognitive test online, a much more granular one than the doctor does online up front and then after six months of the protocol to show the improvement. So this guy that I'm talking about, he went from a memory score of 42 to in the 80s. So that is a massive improvement. So the earlier you catch it, so any listeners who might be thinking, oh, my memory's not brilliant but is it just I'm getting a bit older or I'm a bit tired or could this be something worse I would beg them to do a cognitive test online and we'll put that link in as well for your listeners Mm. it's totally free and it's not going on any records anywhere (laughs) you just get the results and just so that you can satisfy yourself is this something I want to work on or actually is this something and nothing and the earlier you catch it the easier it's going to be to reverse Now, of course, if you're further down the road, if you are thinking that actually this is quite bad, this is definitely something, if you've had a diagnosis, chances are you're probably going to need a bit more help. The further down the road you are, the worse your symptoms are, the more it will be important to do the blood test, the DNA test, find out the causes and really target those. For prevention, you can probably get away with diet and exercise and sleep and all the things that we know that Mm. are good for you generally and good for your health generally. And you could just get the book and apply the diet from the book. So it sounds from what you're saying that once someone starts to protest, well, I suppose it depends on how far, how serious the Alzheimer's is, but once they start Mm. it, they're not ever stopping that. They have to continue that for forever more, essentially. There are many, many examples, including my mum, <laughs> where people have come off it and they notice the decline really quickly. Right. So one of my first clients was just on the diet and waiting for some blood test results, but noticed some improvements just from the diet. So this is quite early in the whole protocol for him. And it got to Christmas And just after Christmas, I wasn't actually due an appointment with him, but I thought I better just check in. I just email checked in and said, how are you doing? Did you slip a bit over Christmas? Do you need me? Did you know, do you need an appointment just to get back on track? And he and his wife both came back straight away and said, no, we're absolutely committed. We did slip and um, noticed the decline straight away. We're committed. We're back on it already. (laughs) My mom had a fall and went into hospital where they won't give you supplements that you're on. If you're on medication, they'll give it to you. But if you're on supplements, they don't. And her decline was really upsetting. She, in 17 days in hospital, she got worse than I'd ever seen. I'd never seen her confused before, and she was confused. And that was that was really hard to watch. Mm. But as soon as she was back home, back on the protocol, within quite a short space of time, she was feeling a lot better as well. And there are lots and lots of stories from people who have got better, (laughs) they're feeling better, and they go on holiday and slip, and then they notice it even just on holiday. So this is even people who might be not that far down the road, um, Mm. but they're noticing straight away. And I think that's quite a good thing for people to experience because it really raises the motivation levels and the commitment. Right. And so dementia is, so Alzheimer's is a form of dementia and there's other forms of dementia as well. Do you you help people with other forms as well or mostly just Alzheimer's? So it's really interesting because the protocol is aimed at Alzheimer's, but it does seem to cover lots of other types of dementia as well. And people 
with other types of dementia do seem to have benefited from it. Mm -hmm. And I've even seen some examples of people with Parkinson benefiting from it. And it's... I think it's really, I think it's really difficult to diagnose people anyway. For example, vascular dementia is different from Alzheimer's, but so often when you see the results for one of my clients, you will see that there's vascular elements in there as well. So I think there's often quite a bit of an overlap. So I'm thinking about the time frame. Once it's very evident that someone does have something like Alzheimer's, is there a typical time frame if they don't have any? treatment if they just on a standard drugs is there a typical timeline to to when they will pass away I suppose you could say oh it's really difficult to say some do progress more slowly than others and everybody's case is different and I think it's because the root causes are all different so for example if most of your causes center around toxin and that could be current toxins, mould that you're breathing in or home care products that you're using or I don't know what kind of toxins might get into you. Or even if that's from quite a long time ago. One of my clients was an engineer and has heavy metal toxins that we're currently trying to shift for him. If you think about that's from a cause from so long ago. Mm. (laughs) Now, if that was the majority of the cause and there weren't lots of other things, maybe that would be quite slow. Hmm. I, I, I really don't know what the cause is of the different timeline. Obviously, if you take the insults away from the brain, then that's the first aim of the protocol. Take some of the insults away hmm. and then start helping people to improve things. Could be through supplements, definitely through diet, lots of other lifestyle factors. That can start to turn around quite quickly. But yeah, in terms of the actual decline, it's so different for everybody. So a different way of asking a question. And so with the protocol, mm. is there a, I guess it's a similar answer, but is there a, how long, how much longer could they be expected to live than if they weren't on a protocol? So the earlier you catch it, the better. So the smaller the symptoms, or even if you're working on prevention, then the better. In terms of what your life expectancy might be, I think if you take away the insults and you're feeling better and we've reversed the symptoms, then you're not actually going to die of Alzheimer's, are you? are going to die of something else. So... I guess it's really hard to say because we're at a stage where the people who were on this protocol at the very earliest when it, in its first incarnations, that's probably 20 years ago. So they've only been doing this 20 years. And one of the very first people on it seems to be doing super well. <laughs> she seems to be totally with it and healthy and happy and enjoying life. Yeah. I'm a health coach. I help people apply these protocols. I'm not a doctor. So a little bit difficult for me to even guess at Mm. this. And isn't there, I'm trying to remember now, there's a connection with diabetes and dementia. Isn't dementia known as diabetes type 3 or something like that? Yes, it is. There's a lot about that in the media at the moment. And it is just one of the potential causes. It is a strong cause. Mm. So if you do have insulin resistance, that does cause inflammation. And that inflammation goes everywhere, including your brain. So there is a strong link. But you could have Alzheimer's without having insulin resistance. It could be any other kind of, I mean, there could be different types of inflammation that are causing it. Or maybe it's just hormones or toxins or all the other things that I talked about. Hmm. Um, 
The guy I mentioned, I don't actually know his cause, is the very first guy I met who, who got me on this path. I guessed at his cause might have been mainly insulin resistance simply because doing the diet on its own really seems to have done the trick. Still, <laughs> even if you think that is your cause, if, you're, if you've got diabetes and Alzheimer's, I would still beg you to get some tests done because knowledge is power. And if it was just insulin resistance, then we can just adjust your diet and you'll see the improvements. But if you just went down that road on your own and maybe there were other causes hidden in there as well, you wouldn't get the same results. You wouldn't get the benefits that you could get. So it's worth testing, I think. Well, and it also sounds like if you've got diabetes, it sounds like it's something that should be tested for and doing some sort of protocols because there's a much greater chance that you're going to mm. get some kind of dementia or yeah, as you, as definitely, you age. definitely. Because of interestingly, a client, a new client that I've just been working with for I don't know a few weeks, a couple of months max, had been diagnosed as pre-diabetic, pre-diabetes, and had done nothing about it. But thankfully, we found each other, and he's working on his Alzheimer's now. And just in that very short time together, he's had another blood test, and his pre-diabetes is gone. He's back in the not even the normal range. Very close to optimal in just a very short space of time. So how I know there's been a lot of progress with helping people with Alzheimer's in the last sort of five, 10 years. Are there things, are you aware of any things that sort of being tested now, which may come, may be available in the next sort of few years, which will further help people? Oh, do you mean like pharmaceuticals, drugs? Whatever. Unfortunately, I mean, I do keep up very much up to date with Alzheimer's Research UK. They are moving towards lifestyle factors and they are putting education out there around that but most of the pharmaceutical trials are all about a drug and your problem is that a single drug looks to address a single cause and with all chronic illnesses there are likely to be many more causes and definitely with Alzheimer's there are many causes the, the doctor, Dr. Bredesen, whose protocol I follow, he always says, if there are 36 holes in your roof and you patch one of them with a drug, the rain's still going to get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So would a continuous glucose monitor, it sounds, would be, uh, it certainly wouldn't solve it, but it would be helpful information for someone. With absolutely, absolutely. Anybody who is diabetic or pre-diabetic needs to keep their eye on their blood sugars and as I mentioned it would be worth if you are starting to also notice memory issues I wouldn't delay I wouldn't wait and try and clear up my diabetes and see if my cognitive health gets better I'd do the testing the faster you get on this <laughs> but was, people with diabetes are recommended to get something like a CGM anyway but are people with Alzheimer's recommended to get one um I don't know I don't, not in my experience, not. Wouldn't it be, it, surely it would help, it, it would seem. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be really helpful. I mean, I'd rather, it's always good to have data and some personality types, really the data motivates them. Not everybody mm. is like, so just in, enjoying a new diet might be motivating for some. Losing a bit of weight might be motivating for some. But yeah, if, if you do have diabetes and you feel like that's one of the causes, I'd definitely use a continuous monitor or use the data as best you can to, mm. to reverse that. 
There's a question I always ask every guest, Lindsay, and that is, is there a book that has really moved you for any reason? Something that's really close to my heart at the moment is called The First Survivors of Alzheimer's. And it's a book actually written by some people who went through the protocol. So it's written entirely in their own words. And they're such, uh, just such moving stories. The clients I work with, from the day they sign up, just the hope. It's really lovely. Lovely clients to work with and just that hope and where probably there's been no hope before. It's just so lovely. And that's what's so nice about this book as well. And so who is the book by? So that is written by the the people who'd reversed their symptoms, but it is under Dale Bredesen's name as well. Okay. So, so that there are his patients who've reversed it. So if people want to find out more about you and how you help people and your social media and so on, where would they go? Okay, I have a Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash reversing Alzheimer's. I have a Facebook page, which is The Cognitive Health Coach. And my website is also thecognitivehealthcoach.co.uk. Okay. So all those links will be in the show notes. So just go to show notes to catch any of those. And finally, Lindsay, I usually ask people about a quote, but some people, not everyone is into quotes. And with, with you, we're going to go for the music. That's what yeah. kind of seems to resonate with you more. So what <laughs> is there a song or a piece of music that is special to you for any reason? Yeah, this was a tough one for me because I love music. So it, I'm picking from such a vast array. And But what popped to mind was Moonlight Sonata. And it is actually, I love that piece of music anyway, but it is also the piece of music I walked down the aisle to. <laughs> so that's got a special place in my heart. Well, Lindsay, thank you very much for your time. And thanks for giving the audience some more information on Alzheimer's and things they can do if they suspect themselves or someone they know may have it. So thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's so important to me to get this message out there so that people know there is some hope and there are things that they can do. So thank you. Next week is episode 90 with Matthew Labosco, who has been working with thousands of individuals in his coaching practice for over two decades. And he discovered the danger of trying to avoid and manage stress. So he's devoted his practice to empower individuals across all areas of life to partner, align and leverage stress to live the most meaningful and purposeful lives possible. So he studied, trained and apprenticed in the fields of psychology, neuroscience, physical rehabilitation, nutritional science, meditation, and spirituality. So we're gonna dive into the world of stress and he's got a different approach to how he helps people with stress than is the conventional method, I suppose you could say. So that's episode 19 next week with Matthew Labosco. If you've enjoyed this week's episode with Lindsay Byrne, please do share the episode with anyone, especially anyone who is in some sort of cognitive decline, got Alzheimer's, if you know someone who's, maybe their partner's got something like this, this might be a good episode to share with them. And hope you have a great week. Thanks for tuning into the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. You can also sign up for email updates and learn about coaching and workshop opportunities at TonyWinyard.com. See you next time on the Habits and Health Podcast.